everybody. Welcome to Sweet Tuesday with Sweet Tea. Tonight we are headed towards the end of June, headed towards July. And tonight we have a topic that I have been researching for a long time. It's, it, it's about near-death experiences. What happens to us when we die? And I started researching this about maybe over 20 years ago. And uh, since then, I have read and saw videos of hundreds of near-death experiences. And uh, I'm going to focus on maybe one or two of those tonight. And we're just going to talk about those. I know in this season, there has been a lot of people crossing over to the other side. And um, and that's just a light way of saying it because I know that if it's our loved ones that we miss them and, and a lot of us are very, very concerned about what's beyond this life. And, and although uh, a lot of us are spiritual and most of us, uh, I'm going to say that um, confidently, believe that there is a God and there is an afterlife, sometimes we still are not ready to cross over to the other side. And so that was one of the reasons why I wanted to do this uh, podcast about near-death experiences because there is still some apprehension. And so so I just wanted to, um, to uh, go over a few things that I learned in my research because whenever I dabble or get very deep involved in uh, this research, I feel a whole lot better about death. I feel a whole lot better about the afterlife and the fact that it seems to be a whole lot better than where we are now. <laughs> and so it, and it, it almost makes me envious of those persons who have crossed over because of the research that I've come across. So I'm going to share some information that I've learned and hopefully it will help you if you're in a situation where uh, there might be a, a bad diagnosis or of a, a family member or yourself or, or someone has crossed over recently and you, are, you have concerns. And so we just want to just enlighten people and hopefully uh, this helps us uh, in our process and grieving. This also helps us to live our lives here on earth knowing that there is a better place. And so we have several accounts. The first one that I wanted to talk about, his name is Howard Storm. Um, his near-death experience is a very, very uh, phenomenal one because he was an atheist. He did not believe that there was anything beyond this life. And so he was just waiting to die. I think he had a perforation of, the, of his stomach and... Um, and just sitting there waiting to die, thinking that there was just a, you know, nothing beyond this life. There was going to be a void. And he was afraid to do that because he felt like that there was nothing else past this life. And so I just wanted to um, talk about some of the things that he said. He said that he was, he was lying there on his hospital bed, you know, just waiting to pass from this life. Uh, into nothingness was the way he put it when all of a sudden he was standing over his body and he said he was he said it wasn't weird he said he knew what had happened 
that he had uh, he had uh, transcend to the other life, but he saw his physical body lying in the bed. His wife was sitting there crying, and he said he was trying to get her attention to let her know that he was fine. And uh, he said he was upset because as he tried to get her attention, you know, she was ignoring him because she she wasn't aware that he was there. And he kept saying, well, I'm fine. You know, uh, you know, why are you crying? He, he said he was more alert. Everything was more acute. All of his senses were more acute than when he was in his physical body. He said the physical body at that particular time felt like a, a weight uh, like a very heavy, heavy coat that was on him that had been shed, and now he was relieved. But uh, after that, now just keep in mind he was an atheist, so um, so that you know that could have a different effect on you uh, when you cross over and you don't believe there is a God. But so what he was saying was that um, then he saw some people in the hallway who kept telling him to come follow them. And he did. He followed them. He ended up um, in a black hole where um, little, I would say, demons or little creatures were gnawing at him and laughing at him and telling him, we got you now. And they were just, uh, you know, antagonizing him. And uh, he said he was just in so much pain from what they were inflicting. And he said he thought about a song that his grandmother had taught him when he was a little boy that um, that she had taught him when they had gone to church, when she had, he had gone to church with her. And he said he began to sing that song, and it was just, Jesus loves me. And he said he just kept singing. He said he noticed every time he would say the word Jesus, they would say, stop doing that. They would get angry. Um, they would seem to be frightened. They would keep telling this. And he said the more he said it, the more frightened they got. So he kept singing it over and over just because he noticed it had an effect on them. He said, and eventually they they left him alone and they ran. They fleed. And as the, he was laying there, now in total darkness, you know, still not knowing what was next, he saw, said he saw a pin of light off in the distance and the light began to get larger and larger and larger and peer closer and closer and closer. And then he ended up um, in that light after calling out to God to help him. And he said when uh, Jesus came to help him, said he put his arms around him and he rubbed his back like a father would of son, and he felt an overwhelming peace and love. He said, so peaceful, so loving that it's really indescribable. And he expressed being frustrated, trying to explain the magnitude of God's love. And so he said uh, that he began to show him, to take him up into the heavenlies. And he said they, he kept thinking that he was not worthy to go uh, because of how he had lived his life. He had gotten a chance to um, focus on that when he was lying in the dark. And um, he said, then Jesus stopped and said, you are worthy, you belong here. 
he said, so he went ahead and, and took him up a little higher to uh, a place where angels came in and they showed him his life review. He said they showed him those times where uh, the angels were pleased, where Jesus was pleased and, and God was pleased with him. And that was when he was being loving, where he was being uh, selfless, where he was helping others, where and they also showed him times where they were displeased, the angels, Jesus, and also God. And that was when he was being manipulative, when he was lying, when he was cheating, and all of those, when he was hurting other people and thinking of, of himself more than he was of others. Said the life lesson was that, that we are here to, to love each other as uh, love each other or love our neighbors as we love ourselves and to love God with all of our heart. And so they told him he had to come back to the earth because he had to live a better life uh, demonstrating those or uh, more of those things. And so he, kept, he told them, he said, listen, I can't go back and do that. I feel like I'm going to fail. He said they told him, no, we will be with you like we always have with you said they are always with us the angels are always with us and so with that they sent him back to earth to live to live uh his life better than what he had done and so i'm just so excited about that because it just shows god's love for us to a place where even at at that particular point he will uh let us see where we're wrong and and love us enough to send us back to get it right and so, um, so we have some other do, um, some other accounts, excuse me, of people who have or who had been given the the chance to stay or to come back. And we're going to talk about that a little bit. And so we got one more, two more people that we're going to talk about. And the next person uh, that I studied on uh, was Betty J. Edie. Her near their experiences, and I this one is is really a very good one, one that helped me out a lot because she grew up uh, in the Catholic Church, or she started that was her foundation, and I not in the Catholic Church, but grew up uh, in church, and so she, what she was saying was that at an early age she was you know, being taught that if you didn't do that, you didn't go through this church and you didn't go through that church and that you uh, would be doomed, you know. And so uh, so she said that she literally joined a lot of churches to try to cover all her her uh, her her ends, you know. So I'm, I'm over here, I'm over here, I'm over there, over there, over there, all different denominations. Because that's what she was saying. One one person would say, one church would say, if you're not this denomination, you're going to hell. And the other one says, if you're not that denomination, you're going to hell. And so that was, and just imagine how confusing that is, just really thinking that you're not good enough um, and you're not in the right place. And so because you're not in the right per place, you might go to hell. Where you're in this place... And they're saying you're fine, and then you go to the other place, and they're saying, no, they were wrong, and we're right. And so imagine that confusion. So her near-death experience shed some light that just going to church. And not that we're saying don't go, because there is something that says to, to remember to assemble yourselves together. But 
every Sunday, two and three and four times a Sunday is not going to get you there. And so, um, and it's not, uh, you know, necessary. It might be your purpose, uh, but it's not necessary. So her near-death experience sheds some light on that. And this is very exciting that you can go to church, but it is not the only way you can meet God. It's not the only way that you can have a relationship with God. It's not the only way to God. And so, and so that's uh, why her near-death near experience is very exciting. And so Betty says she died um, while having surgery and her, she bled out and she was already fearful that, uh, you know, what that she had been taught about not being good enough and not doing it enough. Uh, if something were to happen on the operating table, she was already afraid that she would die and go to hell based off of what religion had taught her. And here's what happened. She said when she bled out, she popped out of her body and she turned over and she was above her body and she saw herself on the uh, operating table. She said she had a desperate need to see her husband and children and immediately she was at her home in her house looking at her, her husband and her children. And she said one of the things that all of us might be concerned about is would we feel uh, bad about leaving family and friends? She said, but on the other side, you knew that they were going to be fine. It's like you knew that they were fine and you didn't, you didn't have an, an anxiety behind leaving them because you knew that they were going to be fine and you were perfectly okay with going on to the next phase of what, uh, entering into the heavenlies off of you. And from there, she went into the light and again into the arms of Jesus Christ, feeling nothing but pure love coming from him that she also says is undescribable. And she said that she recognized Jesus. She recognized him. And she realized that she had been with him from eternity. Isn't that, isn't that something that this is where we are now is more like a, a vacation spot. You know, earth is like our vacation. And when we cross over from this life to that life, that's like going home. Had you ever been on, been happy about going on vacation? You get to vacation and you have your time there and you are more excited about getting home. And so uh, uh, this is our vacation it, to say, and crossing over to the other side is home. And she said that she scolded Jesus for having sent her to earth uh, to have gone through what she did. And she asked him, why did you send me there? And he laughed and she expressed that he has a sense of humor. And so he laughed and he said, I'll show you. And what he showed her, her was that we volunteered to come to earth to develop spiritually, that each and every one of us stood in front of him and volunteered to come to earth. And she said that we are all here for a purpose. And um, 
and your purpose might be different from someone else's purpose and we cannot even fathom what exactly our purpose is because it's spiritual. And so she said at that point, they showed her or Jesus showed her a drunken uh, bomb land out in the streets and asked her, what did she see? And she said she saw a bomb, a drunken bomb. And he said, let me show you who he actually is. And he took his spirit out and showed her that he was very, very important, even in that state. His purpose was to remind someone else uh, of their purpose. And so he agreed to come down here and be that, uh, that bomb uh, in order for that purpose. Isn't that just so contrary to what we as uh, in this earthly body, how we see things and how we don't know uh, what each and everyone's purpose and how we should not look down on each other or on yourself because you volunteered to come and you have a very unique purpose that only you can fulfill. And so, and it's just very important to, to ask or for guidance from God on what your purpose is. And so that was Miss Betty's near-death experience. And then I have, uh, we're going to break and play a little song for you today. I always break with a song and we'll come back and we'll end it up with one last story. And the title of this song is called Paradise. This produced by Slack Productions, sung by yours truly. Hey, ladies. I got a man that treats me so sweet. And he makes me feel so good. He makes me want to sing just like this.
Yes, and thank you for, again, listening to Sweet Tuesday with Sweet Tea. And uh, as I always say, I'm a spiritual person. I believe in God. I believe we have a purpose. And so tonight we were just discussing uh, near-death experiences. And and uh, so uh, there was a third account. You know, I've done quite a bit of research and uh, listened to a lot of stories. Uh, but this last one is of a three-year-old boy who appendix had erupted and uh, infection was spreading through his body. And so he uh, had a near-death experience while on the operating table. Now, the doctors did not declare him dead, but he still had an, had an encounter in heaven. So he came, he said that his name is Colton Burpo. And again, he was three years old. He said that uh, Jesus came and took him to heaven. Uh, he also expressed um, seeing uh, his deceased grandfather who had been deceased for a while. So he had come up to him and talked to him and told him he was his grandfather. He also expressed uh, seeing a sister that his mother had had a miscarriage so he had never uh, seen his sister, nor had his mother told him about it because he was three years old. Uh, but he, this little girl came up to him, hugged him, and said he was his sister. He had died in his mommy's tummy before she was born. And uh, he also said that he saw, before he entered heaven with Jesus, he saw his daddy in the pre-op room screaming at God about allowing his son to go to these things. And so I'm just kind of briefing through his near-death experience because we are nearing the end of the broadcast. Um, but he um, came back later and um, at three years old, just periodically through the weeks and months, began to share those turns of events in heaven with his parents. And the, the mother, his mother's was very uh, skeptical. His daddy believed him right away, but his mother was skeptical until he was able to tell her about his sister that had passed on in his mother's tummy. They had never told him about his sister, nor did they know the sex of the baby, but now they knew the sex of the baby and that she was in heaven, alive and well and living. And so that's comforting too, because uh, you do have a lot of women who have miscarriage, and uh, I personally had too. And uh, and so to know that my babies are still in heaven, and it appears that uh, that they have served uh, their purpose as well, and that everything uh, on earth has a purpose. And uh, so again, it's not uh, the end when we leave this life and go to the next. And so if you have miscarriage, you will see your babies again. And so I'm excited about that because I have two babies <laughs> in heaven that I will also see again. And so um, I hope you guys have enjoyed the podcast tonight. I hope this has uh, made you aware that you are loved beyond measure, that you are never alone, that the angels are with you and you have someone assigned to you. That was uh, one of the things also that I learned 
that you have some someone assigned to you that is there to help you fulfill your mission here in this life. And so that you are not alone and that uh, whenever we die, this is not it. In every account that I've read, they've confirmed that your senses are more, more acute, that you, uh, you are aware that you are you. <laughs> you are aware uh, that you are dead or you come to that realization and there is no fear there. Uh, even when there are things that you might experience that seem a little uh, negative, they, they wipe that away with nothing but pure love and ecstasy and that, that you are shown that you agreed to come to earth and that you agreed to live this life and you agreed to fulfill your purpose. And at the end of fulfilling your purpose, then you will return home with a job well done. So I hope that you guys have enjoyed the podcast tonight. Next Tuesday will be our last show for the season. And I will do a full hour. I am going to have uh, Ms. Tanji Imini and Mr. Ronald Jefferson, uh, a, a power couple in the music industry, who will be with us. And we're going to do a full hour. We're going to interview the Jeffersons and we'll also have them share some of their music uh, of uh, artists that they've um, produced. And one of the reasons why I have always added music into the podcast is that I'm an artist myself. And so, and on uh, July 4th, I will be releasing a duet with Mr. Volton Wright called Can We Talk? It's about love and reconciliation. And so, um, so that will be uh, released July 4th and on next Tuesday we will have the power couple the Jeffersons in the house on Slack Track Productions. You don't want to miss that last show you guys. I might even share a little peek of the duet for you and again until next Tuesday. You've been listening to Sweet Tuesday with Sweet Tea. See you next week. Sweet Tuesday.